new series, and it's called Putting the Pieces Together, and it's literally going to be a journey between now and Christmas of putting all the pieces of a Christian life together and what that's um, supposed to look like. And today we're starting with grace, and I want to give you a couple of definitions and then read something. But sin, the definition of sin, is an offense against religious or moral law, an action that is or is felt to be highly reprehensible and often serious shortcoming, a transgression of the law of God. And then the definition of grace is unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or sanctification. And in John 4, I'll start in verse 7. It says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? And the Samaritan woman, the Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you the living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and a well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and livestock? And Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become, will become in them a spring of water welling up to, for eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming to draw water. And he told her, Go back. Go, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, You are right when you say that you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands, and the man you are with now is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews claim that, that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming. And it's come now when the word, when true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshiper the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. And the woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one you are speaking to, I am he. You know, the song we're about to sing, the words aren't going to be up there. I intentionally want you to let them sing the song over us. Um, this week, I literally got up, and it was one of my middle of the nights when I couldn't sleep, and I got up, and it was 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was literally praying for our church and praying for our community. And why this song just all of a sudden caught me. I had YouTube on the TV in the back with just worship songs playing. And when this song come on, I'm just being, it wrecked me, and I said, God, God, here's my heart. And it's just the way this lady was whenever Jesus approached. And I can just see in my mind, in Johnny Morgan's mind, this is the song was in this woman's head. Here's my heart. So I want you to hear this song before we go on. 
Thank y'all. Let's pray. Father, we come to you right now, Lord. Just say that we love you, Father, and I thank you for this beautiful day. Father, I thank you for your word, Father, and just how clear it is. Father, and I thank you for your grace. And Father, even as we, we dive into to that word the next few weeks, Father, we really truly understand what you did for us, Father, and what that grace means to each one of us. Father, even right now, I just want to lift up our churches in our area. Father, I want to lift up our pastors. Father, as they get ready to um, bring your word today. And Father, just um, protect them. And Father, protect our people. In Son's name I pray. Amen. So who would have ever thought in my 52 years of life, I don't think I ever remember two hurricanes coming into the Gulf at the same time. Can anybody? I had never seen it. And so, um, you know, just when you think, well, well what does COVID-19 mean? It don't mean nothing if you got two hurricanes that's going to hit New Orleans within 24 hours of each other. You know, we was talking about it at my house, and Tammy said, are you worried? I said, nope, renewed my flood insurance last week. Not my problem no more. <laughs> and so, um, you know, but it, it's just, you don't ever know where life's going. And I'm excited to be back today. Uh, I, it was different for me to, to be on the bench, I guess you would say, the last two Sundays. My Youngest daughter tested positive to, to COVID um, about three weeks ago, and so she was at home. So the first Sunday, I said, well, I better stay home because she didn't have her test results back. And, and uh, not that we see her an awful lot. Anybody with, with, young, with, with you know, young adult kids know you, they just kind of graze through when they're hungry. But um, I said, I better stay home just in case. And, then, and so she just had like a bad, bad sinus infection with her symptoms and and about the time she was finished, then my mom tested positive. And even though I hadn't seen my mom since before Peyton, I said, you know, for perception, I better stay home one more week. And so uh, I was excited that we have Dr. Blue and, and Brother Howard. And like I was talking to a friend of mine in Texas, we have what you call a deep bench here because we've got Brother Howard and we've got Dr. Blue and we've got Donnie and Mike and Frank and Jay Sims, you know, and there's just a multitude that I can just pick up the phone and say, hey, you're up, you know, call them up to the big leagues, as you would say. And so I appreciate them jumping in and, and doing that for me. But this morning we are, we're going to be talking about grace and where we need to start to really start to set the whole stage is Romans 3.23. And it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All right, I want you to hear that. It says, for all, all of us, not one of us is going to beat it. We're all going to sin. And so Paul's telling us right there, he said, for all have sinned and all are going to fall short of the glory of God. So right there, we know that none of us is perfect. And as much as my wife thinks I am, I'm not. And so we're all sinners, right? And we give the definition of what sin is. And so that means that we've done stuff against God himself. And so whenever you start looking at that, you know, and you think about that, it should scare you to death. To think that we have God that created us, God that created everything, God that created these two storms that's coming into the Gulf this week, and here we've done things against him that he's asked us not to do. 
But then, you know, you could really dwell on that. And that's where a lot of people get hung up. You know, a lot of people get hung up because we really don't understand grace. And grace has kind of become a word that's real common. And it's become so common that we really don't appreciate it, do we? You just hear grace and you hear God's grace and you go, all right, okay, good, good, that's good. But I think when we really acknowledge our sin and we really understand the depth of our sin, and the more we realize that, then the more grace means to us, right? Because I can tell you, heaven and hell is two real places. Johnny Morgan does not want to go to hell. And so for me to start living in grace and for me to understand grace, grace means a lot more to me. To understand what God did for me and what he sent his son to do. But what happens a lot of times, we work really hard at convincing ourselves that we're not that bad, right? Don't we? I'm to all of us, all of us, if we tell the truth, we'll say, you know, my sins isn't as bad as his sins. Or my sins aren't quite as bad as their sins. And as long as I sin less than them, then I'm okay. But that's not fact, is it? That's not the truth. And so if we ever get to the point that we quit pushing back on our sin, then we'll start experiencing grace. And it'll change everything about us. And I know that there's people in our church that right now that I could say, come stand beside me and tell me your story of grace. And it would drive a lot of us to our knees. Because we've all experienced it, whether we want to believe it or not. And so whenever you get to this um, this story that I just read to start in um, John 4, and you start looking at this woman, you know, and as Jesus approaches her, you know, and you think it's just everyday life, you know, but Jesus was there for a divine appointment. I have to believe that. There's water in the baptistry this morning, and in 1030, we're going to get to baptize a gentleman because of a divine appointment to where somebody was the church. This gentleman walked in um, to have rehab on his knee from knee surgery and walked in and was struggling and saw one of our church members, saw Miss Kathy Applewhite standing there, said there's something different about her and walked up to her and said, I need prayer. And she immediately started talking to him and she said, I was scared to death and started talking to him about praying for him. And she gave him, gave him the church number and said, call my pastor. Call my pastor. So in the midst of that whole afternoon, we had lots of good conversations, me and Will. And at 1030, because of that appointment, we're going to get to baptize him. And he's going to become a member of Live Oak Baptist Church. And he's telling our church, I need you to help me grow. And that's just what happened here. Jesus is walking and Jesus sits down at this well. And this lady comes up in the middle of the day to get to water. And as she gets there to get the water, and he says, hey, give me a drink. And she looks at him, and she says, you shouldn't even be talking to me, one, because I'm a woman, and two, because I'm a Samaritan. And Jesus was a big purpose. And grace flowed out of that well. Because all of a sudden, you know, as Jesus started talking to her, you know, and immediately you see what I'm talking about right here with this lady. Because he says, hey, go get your husband. And she says, mm, I don't have one. And Jesus didn't look at her and say, you a lie. You know, he just looked at her and he said, you're, you're right. But you've had five before this and you're, you're with somebody now. 
And this lady saw something in him. And grace flowed out of that well. You know, because if we go on and read the rest of the story, after this lady's encounter, she run back into the town and brought the whole town to experience Jesus. And so whenever we start looking at this, you know, and it's something that, you know, is, is literally the other night when I was in the middle of my living room, my den floor, and I just had the music because I don't like quiet a lot. Sometimes I like, when I'm in my truck, I like quiet, but then sometimes I just like background. And so I had the those music videos playing in the background as I was sitting there praying and reading my Bible. And whenever the song that, that the worship team just did came on and, you know, and I heard those words, you know, immediately my thoughts was, was to today. And, you know, whenever you start looking, because, you know, God's grace is more beautiful than our brokenness. Think about that. God's grace is more beautiful than our brokenness. Because what happens when grace and mercy collide with our shame and guilt, it gets messy but it gets beautiful at the same time. You know, and, and so that's what happened, you know, as I was listening the other night, as I was there and I was praying, you know, and the words to the song, you know, here's my heart, Lord, speak what is true. What did we see right here? Jesus spoke truth into this lady's life. And he said, quit running from your, your sin, quit hiding from everything. He spoke truth in her life. And she was changed for an eternity because he loved her. And she saw that grace. You know, and the words go on. It says, because I am found, I am yours. I am loved. I am made pure. I have life. I can breathe. I am healed. I am free. Because you are strong. You are sure. You are life. You endure. You are good. You're always true. You are light breaking through. Here's my heart, Lord. How many of us can say that? How many of us can say, God, here's my heart. God, here's my heart. But a lot of us, we sit back and say, mm, God, I really can't take that grace. God, you don't understand.